It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It'll be episode three, but I lost a file last week on my computer, so that's my bad. As a result, we're going to sort of go through everything that's happened with the Ohio State basketball season since we last time we were just previewing the whole season in general. We're going to touch on Illinois State. We're going to touch on U- the UMass Loyal game. Then we'll go a little bit further with the Moorhead State game just recently and then preview Alabama A&M. I also got to go, go and see Bowen Hardman 2022 basketball commit this week, so we'll, we'll touch on that as well. Just those little things are what's going to go on to the, in today's show. Uh, but first, we have my co-host with me, Matt, Matt Goldman. Matt, how is the great state of New Jersey and how you living after your Giants took the lead in the NFC lease this week? You know, New Jersey's cold. I mean, it's not snowing like it's Ohio, but it's cold and don't love the cold. But I mean, I go to Ohio State, so I'm obviously I, I know the weather well and Giants. I'm happy right now, but this is where the schedule picks up. They play the Seahawks, Ravens, Cardinals, Browns, Cowboys to round up the season. So the Giants can get two wins out of those games think that will secure them a spot. I don't know if it's the best thing for them as they're trying to essentially get a quarterback for next year's draft or some high-level player, but hey, I like the progress. I like seeing what Joe Judge has done, so can't be mad about that. Yeah, I saw someone just by taking the division lead, they dropped from like 6th to 8th in the draft standings, which would be which would be brutal. Yeah, I mean, if you have the 19th pick overall, just because you wanted won the division, then you lose to, I think they're Supposed to play the Rams currently as their team in the playoffs. I mean, and they played tight with the Rams last time, but the Rams are very good. They got their weapons on offense. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, two great tight ends at Hakeby and Everett. So I'm not expecting a Giants win because expectations aren't supposed to be that the Giants are going to go in and beat an opponent that comes out of the NFC West. So I don't know how to feel, but I kind of like the playoffs. Honestly, it's like being able to brag to my friends that the Giants made the playoffs, that's pretty cool. So sticking with that for now. All right, uh, we'll, we'll go into the Illinois State game because you guys obviously did not come here to listen to me and Matt talk about the Giants and the NSDs. So this is the first game, obviously, Illinois State was, and they had, they had a great stretch right at the beginning to go up 22 nothing. Um, you saw a lot You saw a lot that game from Justice Suing. You saw a ton that game from guys, really the whole backcourt. I think we, we saw the first of what's been a pattern in Dwayne's game so far this season. We'll touch on that with the big thing being efficiency when you go in four from nine from field goal, which is, but that's sort of how the season's gone. I guess that's how you play with a guy like Dwayne. It was also great to see you guys. I think Zed Key and both Eugene, both Zed Key and Eugene Brown didn't really get some pub when they came in because they weren't the highest rated guys. But I think we both saw some stuff from them in that first Illinois state game. That was like, Oh, these guys are actually like, these aren't red shirt guys. These are like they're role players already in year one. Um, other than that, I thought defense was a huge thing you saw against Illinois State. Not only just team defense, a lot of help defense looked great. Um, I think the shooting numbers obviously need to go up, but that's something that we see progress. Matt, what were your quick takeaways from the Illinois State game a few weeks ago well, last week? Yeah, Buckeyes opening game of the season, 94-67, and Buckeye fans got to see what Justin Suey, Justice Suing is all about, the transfer from Cal. He was a three-star. He only had one offer coming out of high school, and that was Cal. So I find it shocking that he's now ended up at this place, and he's a – I mean, 
six, seven, four, when Coach Holman's in the press conference, he's a combination of Jay Sean Tate and Kate Bates Diop. I was like, what? That's like a very unique player that Ohio State's never had. And I don't, to be honest, I didn't believe Coach Holman. Like, I thought it was just, I didn't think that was going to happen that we were going to see Justice come out and score 19 in the first game and almost get a double double with a total of eight rebounds. So he was my biggest takeaway from that game, but also just the consistency from EJ Liddell kind of picked up from last year. We're still seeing an EJ Liddell who's playing solid, who's great on offense, great in the paint, aggressive. And just the front court impressed me overall because then Kyle Young also played well. He had a quiet eight points, but Kyle Young is still one of the premier forward centers you'll see in the Big Ten. I think veteran experience, he's got all that down. So I think the front court really impressed me. And that was my biggest takeaway. And you said defense. Defense looked great. No disrespect to Illinois State and who the opponent was, but thought the defense looked phenomenal and that they all were getting to their assignments well. There wasn't much sloppiness there. They were getting the turnovers when they needed. Defensive rebounding, they out-rebounded by a ton. So from Illinois State, that was, that was what I kind of liked from them. And, yeah. All right. Moving on to UMass Ohio. It was, it was a game. Yeah, it had its ups and downs. They ultimately ended up finishing off. I thought it was I thought it was funny after it. this whole with everything that's been going on with the Michigan football season. Everybody likes to compare. Um, Michigan is liking is liking to move on to their basketball team, which was which has been talented under Juwan Howard. And they they liked him. They were making a lot of jokes. You if you go on find some message boards, they like to make jokes that Ohio State was in a close game with UMass Lowell. But that same night, Michigan actually went to it overtime with an zero and three Oakland team that got put up 100 put up on him by Xavier the opening game. So it was just funny to see that. But going on to UMass Ohio, I think it was – we talked about it with Dwayne in the first game, but it was efficiency. It was 7 for 17, which, I mean, in the, in the result doesn't look bad. But, I mean, the shooting numbers, him combined with all the guys really made that look absolutely atrocious. 3 for 11 from 3. Uh, free throw numbers actually weren't overall that bad. 78%, which is an, which I believe was right around, maybe a little up from the first game against Illinois State. But I think this is what you can see from some – I think this is why we talked about in our preview or what we will talk about when we talk about the Big Ten even more is if this team doesn't have consistent shooting, you're going to see some games get really close or even some games against more talented teams like in Illinois, maybe in Iowa get become – bigger losses just because this team doesn't like when Dwayne's on, he can be one of the better shooters in the big 10. So can Justin Arns. I, I think justice suing can be a decent three point shooter. And so can CJ, CJ Walker, um, Eugene Brown, obviously was known for his three point shot coming in. Jimmy Sotos is another guy that I think they would probably like to see him take a few shots for three. But when this team doesn't shoot threes very well, it's, it's it can be a rough night, but it was good to see them pull this out against UMass Lowell because they, this is a game they could they could not afford to lose with the with the season sort of being condensed with everything sort of moving at a different pace than it has to lose a game like this can really affect everything in the Big Ten, especially since we'll talk about once we get into the Big Ten, the Big Ten schedule is you could they have a stretch and they have an opportunity if you look at this with if you look if they can get past this North Carolina game they can have an electric start in the Big Ten with teams like Purdue and a lot of the bottom feeders coming up right away but to see the shooting numbers against UMass Lowell was alarming. It was good to see him come out with a win. You saw another good performance from Justice. Um, Dwayne put up 21, but like we talked about, it was 17, 7 for 17, which doesn't scream efficiency. And I think we'll we'll talk about that again with Morehead State. And I think it's just something that we're going we're, we're gonna to ride and go with Dwayne this season. That's just how basketball has been going for Dwayne recently. It was another 
it was a good game from CJ Walker. And I think that's some I think it's something that we can really look forward to when even when his shot isn't falling two for seven from the field goal range, but he still went nine of ten from three free throws. So he's gonna get to the line. He's gonna get into these point guards and get them fouled, which will be interesting to see when they go up maybe against uh, an Illinois like we talked about. Can he get Io to Sumu in some foul trouble and make this a little bit of a closer game? Maybe that's something we can go on, but the UMass Law game, I, it, nothing was super crazy. Um, it was pretty standard. Uh, I mean, you wish it would be, be more of a, a blowout win, but they, they played a tough team, and I think we might see better performances when it comes to their conference for UMass Law. I, I'm, I'll, look, I'll sort of track them and see how they go for the rest of the season. But, Matt, what were your thoughts on the UMass Law game? Well, this UMass team, they're not that bad. Obadiah Noel is projected to potentially be a first-round to early-second-round pick next year in the NBA draft, who is their guard who scored 15 in that game. But to the Ohio State side, it got close. It got too close for comfort, for at least me. I don't understand how, when you have a total of 18 three-point point attempts shot, that 11 of them are from Dwayne Washington. Dwayne, if you're hot, keep shooting. But if you're not, like, why? I didn't, it didn't really understand. It didn't make sense to me why I kept shooting, and he went three for 11. Like, that did not go well for Ohio State. Just the percentage there was not on point. And four of the five stars did go 10-plus in the game. And it just showed that C.J. Walker's consistency is still – he kind of left his mark from last year a little bit, just kind of like E.J. Liddell. C.J. really showed that he still knows how to lead this court, this team. He's a leader on and off. And he's just consistent. He contributes to this team no matter what offense, defense. He does whatever he needs to do. And that was the biggest takeaway for me, especially because he played 34 minutes, the second highest on the team that day. Something else that kind of stuck out to me is Jimmy Sotos didn't shoot anything. He's been really quiet for Buckeye fans his entire time. I don't know if I'm concerned because he's still adjusting the system. He literally just found out weeks ago that he would be able to play this season. So I understand the mentality stuff might not be there for him. But it's a little concerning when they only played four deep in that game off the bench, and the bench went three for six. All the makes coming from Zed Key. Three for six, all from one player out of the four bench players. That is not good. We had eight bench points the entire time. So the depth was also a concern, just because it kind of baffled me to see that Justin Arndt, Jimmy Sotos, or Eugene even didn't make any shots that game. And which honestly, I think the bench being not being able to play that deep kind of had an effect for the Buckeyes that game. But I was listening to Seth Greenberg last night talk about Ohio State's uh, backcourt about CJ and Dwayne how they're one of the most competitive in the Big Ten. And it kind of kind of got me like they haven't been the most consistent when one's on, one's on, but when the other's on, the other's on. So it just it was a little interesting to me. But anyways, overall the team played all right, a little closer for comfort. We'd like to see more bench depth. Yeah, the bit, the bench depth is something that you definitely want to see. I, I think I like we we mentioned those three names: Jimmy Sotos, Justin Arnes, and Eugene Brown. I think the one that we I, I'm more concerned about than all of them would probably be Justin Arnes because I think we know what we need to get from Justin Arnes, and I think Justin should know what we need to get from him. The fact that let me pull it up again to double check that he took one shot in that game. I don't know if that's system. I don't know if that's how close the game was. But you would like to see um, – we'll talk about it with Bowen Harmon later to finish off the episode. But when you when a guy like that that is known for a three-point shot, I have to think that they're going to get more looks for him. I don't know if he did, just passed him up. And I think that's something you see with shooters commonly is they pass up these looks 
thinking that they're going to be better, but their, their design looks to get the shot up and he didn't take them and he did, either he didn't take them or he, he just, I don't know what it was. We need to see more shots go for Justin Orange and especially if he thinks they can get him to fall. Um, going going on to the next thing, we'll probably spend a little bit more time on this game since it was recent, just yesterday as we're recording this. Um, Moorhead State, which I think would, was probably, I don't know, Illinois State was very sound. I didn't, truthfully, I didn't get to watch much of the uh, Moorhead State game. I was watching my Steelers play uh, 11-0, beat the Ravens, hopefully lock up the division. But I had that then in there, don't you? Yeah. First, came, first win came against the Giants, too, by the way. But we'll, we'll, bump, we'll keep bumping on. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I, I, missed, I missed much of this game. I, Matt, Matt, Matt can probably go farther, farther in depth than I can. But um, just looking solely at the box score, I think between this game and the U.S. Loyal game, we sort of saw it. When it comes down to crunch time, I don't know if we know who this exact guy is yet, but I think we know it's probably going to be Justice or it's going to be CJ. I don't think Dwayne is that guy because we, we're going to we see it again right here, 4 for 11. Another 30, 30% shooting at night, and let's see, 3 for 6 from 3. So 50% from the three-point line, but you took 6 to 10. It's just the efficiency with Dwayne. I was looking at the box scores from some of the – the four-game losing streak they had last year. And when it comes to Dwayne, you need him to at least be not a negative. And so long as Dwayne's not a negative, he can be at least be a positive presence on the court, you have something. But when Dwayne is a negative and not – he only had one turnover. He had four assists. So that's, that's huge in the Morehead State game because he was obviously a positive. Despite the lack of efficiency on shot attempts, he was a positive. But so long as Dwayne is staying in that positive to neutral category – this team can soar very high because of the talent it has all around the all around the court. But we just I, I want to see more from Dwayne when it comes to being efficient. I don't know if it's something that I have to imagine that it's something the coaching staff is telling him to get his shots up, and that's perfectly fine if that's what's in the game plan. Because he's the guy that he's probably the guy on the team that they would trust most to knock him down. Uh, the one big thing that not to harp on Dwayne again, but it's not it's not just when it three point shots either. It's a lot of uncontrolled flails to the rim that don't look good. And I, I hope we can see more from Dwayne because I really like him as a player. It's just, it's been a slow start for him. Other than that, we saw another double-digit performance from Justice too, and we all the starters got in double digits. I, I, as one of the bigger Kyle Young fans here, you got, to, you got to see your guy Kyle go for 10. I think he hit a three-pointer as well, so one for three. One second, Matt. Hold it. All right, we're back. We're back. I just noticed that that it wasn't recording. I was about to yeah. say something before starting. Yep, we're back. Okay, we're back with Justice. Um, sorry, we have some dogs in my house right now, and I told Matt we had to pause it real quick. Um, I'm gonna pass it to Matt to talk about the Morehead State game because I just went off for a little bit. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah. So you mentioned all five starters got to double figures, and you mentioned a big Kyle Young fan here. So I was very impressed with Kyle Young and his performance. Kyle still continues to show his consistent talent and playing 28 minutes yesterday almost getting a double double one rebound away he went he was 10 and 9 very impressive and i think what strikes me the most is the way kyle gets aggressive on the floor especially on the defensive side when he box when he's boxing out when he's playing i mean his arms are always up he's doing whatever he needs to do i think it's just just being there a long time being in holtman system he knows what he's doing he knows the defense well just like cj i think him and cj both are leading this team and doing what they need to do but it just impresses me everything that Kyle does, that he's picking up on everything he, he's seen around the court. He's communicating a lot. You could hear it even on TV because one of the core Valley Center is pretty small that they're playing in. No fans. So you could hear the, the enhanced audio on the broadcast, which was interesting. That I guess that's the pro of having no fans in the arena. But Kyle Young just 
overall, he just impresses me with everything he does on the offensive side to the defensive side. He gives second chance points. He gives opportunities for this Buckeyes team that maybe Caleb Wesson didn't do in the past because Caleb might have shot it, started drifting back towards defense and then doing his thing. But Kyle gives his team opportunities. He's giving them more opportunities than, than you would expect. And so is EJ Liddell. He really impresses me what both of them do. And I think just their strong presence down low is really what's helping this Buckeye team with a smooth transition game and game. And again, you mentioned Dwayne. Four for 11 in this game, fuel was overall not the hottest. So wasn't super thrilled with Dwayne. And I, I don't know if it's just like first, first few game jitters or something like that, even though he's been here for a while. So I'm not really sure what's going on. But yeah, I just, it amazed me to see what Dwayne was doing. And it just kind of didn't feel like he had double digits. It didn't feel like he scored 11 points. It felt like he had five points. It felt like he threw the ball. He just goes in up to the rim and he kind of doesn't really care where the ball goes, honestly. He's just trying to draw the foul, but sometimes the fouls aren't going to get called. Another thing that uh, I want to talk about is Justin Arms. Does he do anything else besides shoot a three? Is, <laughs> is what I just see on the court. He does this little fake, and he goes up as a left-handed shooter, does this one dribble to the left, and then shoots. I don't know where the value is for Justin Arms besides three-point shooting. I know it's a game of shooting now. I know as the game evolves, it's going to be more three-point shooting as we see. Got Thunders are getting taller, learning how to shoot. I mean, you see with Chet Holgram, Holgram, excuse me, uh, huge, and he can shoot and all that. I'm on recruiting the country, but I just, Justin Arnn, 15 minutes of it. He played 15 minutes yesterday over, is it over Jimmy Sotos, who I would expect to be more reliable in that sense, to do a little more for the Buckeyes. It's just, Justin Arnn has always been a little question mark for him because I don't know how to feel about him, especially because he did score nine three threes, but when it comes to the Big Ten play and comes to the postseason, we're going to need more off our bench besides Zed and Eugene because that's not what we can rely on in Jimmy as well. Can't rely on three guys. Justin needs to start playing more defense. He needs to be more versatile in offense. I just think overall, if we have Justin be doing a little more, it's going to benefit the team in the long run so much more because Zed, he can't be in there for more than 20 minutes in the game off the bench. I just don't think then that shows that there's something obviously wrong with this box one of the five starters, but him and Eugene, Zed and Eugene show that they are reliable, consistent, and need to be in the Buckeyes rotation every game. Justin Arndt, I is still a question mark for me. I'm so, I go back and forth with him all the time. I like him when he makes his threes, but when he's just missing assignments on defense and not doing much else, I don't really like him. So overall, 77-44, Box score shows for itself. Obviously, the Buckeyes just outscored them. They played better. They held all their starters except one scored under 10. They all scored three points of starters. They went 3-3-3, 11-3. So, I mean, the defense is obviously there. But, yeah, that those are my impressions of uh, Ohio State. Hope I wasn't too hard on Justin Arns right there, but had to feel to uh, vent a little bit. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. 
Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I think that's the difficult thing is because you, you need Justin on the court to knock down threes. Because you look at the three-point per shooting percentage. Dwayne shot three for six, Justin shot three for six. Everybody else in the game, including CJ Walker and Justice Stewing, were one for three. I, the consistency of three-point shooting outside of Dwayne and um, Justin is, is just not that high with the other guys, so that's the role he gives. But I, I will agree that I think you need to just see more from him, like expand the game. I, like when he's like you talked about, when he's just a corner spot-up guy to shoot threes, it it doesn't it doesn't bring you anything like that that doesn't help you bring a whole game together and i think we need we just need to see more from really the whole shooting performance whether it regardless of what guy it is because eventually they're going to get into a game where they need to be able to go shot for shot and i just don't know they can get their twos they can get the some post work but when the bigs get bigger can they get can Kyle and um Eugene, can can Kyle and EJ get the post work the same way I'm not exactly sure that that's 100% the case. Um, so I think you're going to need to see Dwayne. You're going to need to see Justice. You're going to need to see CJ and Justin all hit better, hit more consistent shots. And I don't know if I mentioned it already or if I mentioned it while we were uh, um, not recording, but um, one of the guys, I think we started, we started to see it in this game and also a lot of the UMass Loyal game. But it, when it comes to the crunch time guys, and we're still trying to figure that out because last year was Caleb Wesson. When it comes to who who the Buckeyes go to in crunch time, it's going to come down. I think Justice and CJ, and I think right now I I give the lead to CJ as the guy that they're going to go to in crunch time, specifically because he can get to the rim and make free throws, regardless. And I think he's probably the better three point shooter of the two. Um, other than that, there wasn't a ton that I was able to catch from the Morehead State game or take away. Um, once again, defense looked good. You're you're talking low shooting percentages all around from Morehead State. 25 from the, for the total game and 33% from three, which isn't good. Um, but however, Ohio State shooting percentage just weren't anything to write home about. 38, 38 from three point isn't horrible, but when you factor in that Justin and Dwayne bring that up from shooting 50%, that that sort of skews it a little bit. 44% for the game is something I think overall, if you talk to the coaches, they probably want to get that up. But turnovers were high, and that's something that's obviously going to have to go down. Other than that, um, not a ton to talk about. We're going to go move on to Alabama A&M, who's another out-of-conference game for the Buckeyes. A&M has, Alabama A&M has played one game against Stanford. They're 1-0, and they've won the game by two points, 78-76. They had Jalen Johnson, a 6-7 power forward for their team, go for 28 points and seven rebounds. So this is going to be a big game. Hopefully we can see something from both Eugene and, and Kyle. And I think specifically Eugene, because when you look at their roster through and through, they have a legitimate six foot ten, close to seven foot center, out of actually just up here in Ohio, Middletown High School. Um, his name's EJ Williams, and so it's going to be a game where we need to see something from EJ, from EJ and Kyle. Um, other than that, they had a guy um, by the name of Derek Hicks, who's one of their guard back um, backcourt players, who went for. Who's a six foot guard, so it's going to be likely be CJ Williams' assignment. He went for, I mean, CJ Walker's assignment. He went for 18 as well. Other than that, I don't think we have a large sample size to really talk much about Alabama and him, but we'll preview the game. Obviously, you want to see 
all around talent, good defense from the Buckeyes, which I think something they've been able to hang their hat on for the most part. That's what kept them in. It's what I was able to pull them out through the UMass Loyal game. It's been what's able to just really give them the edge in these, some of these games they played against lesser opponents, especially Illinois State and a lot of Moorhead State. So I think you're going to see big, the defense be the same way, and it's going to be interesting to see if they can hold it up against guys, a team that's going to have two big guys, not necessarily better talented big guys, but two guys that can challenge them height for height, inch for inch, pound for pound. Um, that's really the matchup I'll be looking forward to. And like we talked about with Moorhead State, can we knock down three-pointers consistently? Can we shoot above 40%? Maybe that's the goal you try and hit is go above 40% from three-point line. That, that's my just quick look at it from looking at the Stanford box score. What are your thoughts on Alabama and him, Matt? Yeah, so I got a chance to actually watch their highlights on YouTube quickly. And Jalen Johnson, that guy is a very good basketball player, to say the least. Maybe it was just Stanford making him look good. But, I mean, Jalen Johnson went 13 for 17, 28 points, total of seven rebounds. Very good box score in my opinion, and overall, he's a great player, and I think it's going to be a matchup that EJ or Kyle is going to have to cover, and it's going to be interesting to see, potentially even Justice might be on him. They play uh, they play three guards, actually, this team, so A&M, so they play a little smaller than Ohio State, so we'll be interested to see who matches up on who. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if it goes Johnson or Ju- Justice or Johnson and Kyle. I'm not sure what's going to happen yet, but this team overall, from what I gauged is they are really good at boxing out. They are really good at rebounding. That is their strength. They have 39 rebounds in the game, 32 defensive rebounds, seven offensive rebounds. So I think that's something Ohio State has been very good at consistently, getting those defensive rebounds and not allowing offensive rebounds to happen. I just, this is going to be a good matchup, especially in the front court, about getting on the boards, getting the paint, points in the paint. It will be interesting to see how Ohio State matches up with a smaller guard team. And, they're quick as well. They're very quick on the court, very sound. And yeah, it was a close game, but they looked pretty polished, honestly. It was just they can't they kind of they kind of ran away with the score in the second half. They weren't a first half team. They were down forty three to thirty two in the first half. So there's some struggles there offensively getting started against Stanford. Alabama A and M took it away. And I think you mentioned turnovers as well, just getting on top of that. But this is a really quick team, I think, Ohio State. Yeah, they got speed. Yeah, they're very athletic. They're, again, the Big Ten. They're some of the best athletes in the country. I just think they're going to be a little under – they're they're not – they might underestimate this team a little bit. I think that's going to be something that Coach Holman, I'm sure, has been saying to respect all the opponents. All these opponents are good. None of these opponents are bad. That we have to make sure just because they're a smaller school, just because they don't have the talent that we have, potentially the athleticism, but they're not a good team. We've seen some games go close. You mentioned the Michigan game that Michigan fans want to go over Ohio State about and all that. You never know what's going to happen. College basketball, college football, all these college sports. 2020 is a weird year. Anything can happen at this point. So I'm just hoping to see that the, that Ohio State, Kyle Young, Justice, EJ hold their ground and don't allow Jalen Johnson to have another 28-point game for A&M this week. Yeah, you mentioned rebounding there. And obviously, like we talked about their post-play, it's going to be big. But also, I mean, EJ's, just, EJ's obviously a sophomore. But this is a very young team when you talk about Alabama and A&M. The Hicks gentleman that we mentioned, that guy that put up 18 points for them against Sanford, is a sophomore. Jalen Johnson is a sophomore. Um, their center that put up that, – that is also a large man. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, so I'm going to ramble on until I find the roster. It is – his name is um, – sorry. E.J. Williams. E.J. Williams. He is also a sophomore. Like I said, he's from Ohio. Jalen Johnson from Indiana. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll get some extra juice from coming up here and, 
and playing against Ohio State. But other than that, I think you you want to see another big win for Ohio State, beat a team that they should, show that they can defend bigger posts and show that they can out-rebound those guys. Maybe we see a little more Zed Key because I think this is sort of a game with a with a legitimate 6'10 center that he might play a role. Um, other than that, um, we, I'll touch on it since I, I do a lot of recruiting around here. Um, two big things. That I, I guess one huge thing has sort of happened since Ohio State, since we last talked, and that was Ohio State picking up the commitment of Bruce Thornton in 2022. Um, of course, Bruce wanted to do it on Thanksgiving Day because recruits love the holidays for commitments, and it's always funny to see it happen. But Bruce is a talented guy, and I think he was a guy when you ask Ohio State who was the top guy on their board for the point guard position, it was going to be Bruce. There was a guy, um, they obviously offered Sky Clark uh, that moved from California to Tennessee, and Coach Jake Dealer, who recruits Bruce as well, was, is very well known in the state of Tennessee, and, but he's also very well known in the South. He, for those of you who don't know, um, maybe we have some Cavs fan on here. He, he recruited Darius Garland, a five-star point guard, out of um, Brentwood, Brentwood, Tennessee, to Vanderbilt. That's one of his that's probably his best recruiting win ever. And he's able to do, sort of not that same kind of like Chris Bruce isn't a five-star yet on the composite. I'll, I'll, I'll give you rivals. He is ranked as a five-star and that's, that's fair, but he's a top 30 guy. He's fits right into what they want. And I think we sort of talked about it throughout a lot of the summer. And I even talked about it a lot. I figured they were going to offer one of the hot guys, probably Sean Jones out of Gahanna Lincoln. But I think you saw that Ohio State trusted that they liked their chance with Bruce Thornton and they followed it up and they landed Bruce, which is awesome to see. And, um, I think there was a lot of us that thought that just go ahead and offer Sean Jones. You're not going to get Bruce, but they coach Jake dealer credit to him. He currently has is the primary recruiter for all three recruits in Ohio State 2022 class, which is tops in the country. Um, and he's actually been killing it. Uh, obviously the brother of John dealer. So and he'll tell you that he's the better shooter of the brothers. And I don't know if I believe that I talked to Bo and Hardman who says that he could beat um, coach dealer. Eugene also said that he could beat coach dealer. So that's something maybe we got to get on video and we'll figure out how that goes. But, Huge pickup for Ohio State and Bruce Thornton out of Milton, um, Milton, Georgia. Hopefully, we can get down to go see him this um, this season. I think they just started up down there in Georgia. They play on one of the better better public school teams, and this is just a huge pickup all around. One of the top recruits. I think he's tied for ranking wise in the in the twenty four seven Sports Composite specifically with Malachi Branham and both DJ Carden at their rankings as a, a Chris Holman's highest recruit ever, which is great to hear. Um, other than that, I got to go see Bowen Harmon the other day against Moeller High School. For those of you that know Ohio high school basketball, Moeller is the cream of the crop. They are, I think they, they probably would have won their third straight Division One Ohio State title in basketball last year, and they'll likely win another one. But Bowen and his Princeton team went toe-to-toe with them, and it was really honestly a slow game for Bowen. He went 0 for 10 the first half um, with a lot of those shot attempts becoming, uh, coming from three-pointers. And I think – that that sounds horrible to sit there and say that he went over 10, but I think that's something that we got to look at last year on the team that he played on. He did just, he just didn't get a lot of shot attempts. It was just, they had a lot of seniors that wanted their shots that he just didn't get them. So it was good to see Bowen get, I believe he got 20 attempts on the night. Let me double check. He got 19 attempts. He went four for 19, two for 12 from three, which are horrible numbers when I look at it. And I, I'll agree to that. But he went, he also had seven points from the three front free throw line. And this was the only guy that Moeller, knew they had to stop. After that, Princeton was going to struggle. And they still kept it close. There's times where it looked like they might win. Um, I think Ohio State is getting – I think you're getting sort of a Justin Orange with um, more versatility and a little more effort consistently in Bowen. And I think it's a great fit to go along with a guy um, like we talked about with Bruce and Roddy Gale, who – Bowen is the guy that needs somebody that sort of helps them set up 
get set up in the offense and gets him the ball. I think Bruce can do that. I think Roddy can do that. I think all three of those guys will fit great together on high State's backcourt in the 2020 Duke basketball class is off to a great start. Um, but that's all we really had. Matt's going to be checking out the Michigan State game from New Jersey this weekend. Let's see how Larry Johnson does as a head, bat, as a head football coach because that will be interesting. Um, other than yeah, that, let's see. Uh, Mick, I had, a quick, I had a quick recruiting question. Shed Holmgren, obviously the number one recruiting the country for the 21 class. And I know he's got a little relationship going with Coach Holtman. Anything that Buckeye fans should know about, is there any – is there any potential that we get the number one recruit in the country for 2021? So the, the, the idea really is that it comes down to Gonzaga, who he is high school teammates with Jalen Suggs. He, they were very close. Um, obviously, Jalen is succeeding very well at Gonzaga early on. And so that gives him the lead. They've done very well with guys like Drew Timmy up there, Ohio State recruited at Gonzaga. I've never got, gotten to personally talk to Chad, but it seems like they're they are the team people most connect with him. And he's another guy that's going to have G League options. He's going to have the option to go pro or whatever he wants to do. But I think he's another guy that values education. He values the time to develop in college. And I think outside of Gonzaga, I think you see Ohio State right behind them. It's the same case with a guy like Charles Bediaco, who's Ohio State's probably right near the top two or three, four. Same with Efter Reed, I think. Really, I think you could say Ohio State may lead for Efter Reed, considering the fact that Michigan was able to get a seven-foot center who was really his – Michigan was really his other top target for Afton Reed. Um, the big thing with all three of those guys really is a pro option is very much a realistic thing as it is with most five stars nowadays. Nowadays, um, I think we'll just sort of have to see. Chet, Chet is a, the probably the best is the best player in the country ranking wise. And I was ta- I got to talk to somebody that um, is close to the Ohio State program. They absolutely love that kid. They're on that kid hard, and obviously he'd be a game changer. One thing I do want to mention, and since you asked about him, a huge thing is Ohio State's Staff did this very well. They got a lot of guys on campus beforehand, and Chet got to see Ohio State football game last year, so he's already been to campus, which is huge. He won't get to visit another time, likely before he signs, even though he probably signed in the um, the spring signing period. And he's visiting Gonzaga as well. He's visited Minnesota, but I don't think I think it's really shaping up to be Ohio State, Gonzaga, and probably a pro option. Maybe one of the Blue Bloods jumps in because they always seem to jump in later, but maybe one of those options. Um, other than that, I don't know if there's much to say about Chet, but I think Ohio State, Ohio State is very much bullish on their chances. I think of being up there on his list. That's the best I can say for it right now. Yeah, looking at the, I mean, looking at twenty four seven right now. The when you look at the offers, he goes to Duke, Texas, Ohio State, Purdue, North Carolina, Maryland, Kansas, Iowa, Illinois, Georgia, Florida, Baylor, Auburn, Michigan, Kentucky. I mean. This dude, this dude's got everything. Everyone coming after him. So it's obviously a tough task for Ohio State to uh, potentially get Chad. I was just wondering, you know, Ohio State, they're not used to getting the number one recruit in basketball, per se. We are more used to getting on football. Just wondering if there was any chance that we could see uh, home again landing Columbus for next year. There's a greater than zero shot is the, is the best way I'll put it. Um, other than that, I th- hopefully you guys got to see – maybe you got to see him play against Imani Bates last month. Um, it was a great game, and I think one thing that separates Chet, he, he's very interesting to just watch because he's so lengthy and so lean, but he's very aggressive and he's very confident, very assertive on the court, which you don't always see with five-star guys. Their basketball comes easy to them, so they're very nonchalant. Chet is not that way. He's very, he wants to succeed at all levels, and I think that's something that separates Chet. Um, hopefully, Ohio State can continue to improve their chances. Other than that, thank you guys for tuning into the second episode of Anything But Football. Um, hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully the Michigan State game gets off the ground this weekend. 
fingers crossed. Um, and let's just hope that Ohio State beats Alabama and as well. It's going to be a good weekend for some Ohio State sports. Thank you, guys.